is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review, a five-star review, a five-star review, a five-star review, a five-star review. I'm saying that for a reason because once you leave us a five-star review, everybody else will find out about us. We appreciate you because share greatness. That's the motto for today on a good Monday. Um, T. The bullpen tickled that bad boy away over the weekend. We'll talk about whether or not I'm concerned or you're concerned. Um, and then Falcons ended their preseason. What can we glean from it? Does it matter? We'll talk about that. And last but not least, and for the culture, it is time for a change in college football. And no, I'm not talking about NIL. We'll talk about all of that. But first, we've got to talk about the Braves. They lose the series against the uh, St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend. And just to kind of get like an overview of it, T, um, Nolan Arenado doesn't like the Braves. <laughs> he seems to do really well in crunch time uh, when no moments come about. And then, like, like I mentioned before, A.J. Minter, Kenley Jansen, and back-to-back games just gave it away. Yeah, and also, you know who else does not like the Braves? Tyler McNeil, because it, <laughs> right. it was really walk, you know, yeah, him him walking walking it off with walk wasn't good enough Saturday. He had to come Gosh. back Sunday and do more damage to the Braves. So yeah, that was painful to kind of watch. But yeah, I, I really do have a little bit of a concern. I, I want to be careful. I don't mm. want to be a worry ward there, but right. I am concerned when I look at the numbers and Kenley Jansen, I believe is second in the majors with blown, blown saves. saves. Yes. That's scary. That mm. is really, now that's concerning to me because I mean, when he does it, he does it like no other, but when he blows it, I mean, he blows it at the worst possible times. So Dansby Swanson does what Dansby's supposed to do, right? Hits a clutch three-run home run to put you in position to get yet another series. Two strikes and two outs, by the way. That seems to be a thing. <laughs> like, what is that? Like, that? That is what you call clutch. Man, talk right, about a super, good super. eye. Talk about mm-hmm. a good eye. So, yes. yeah, he gets you in position to get yet another road win, but then you get into trouble with A.J. Minter, and now right. you're 0-10 in road rubber match games this season. That's the other thing that bothers me because that – is about closing. That is about finding a way to dig it out of the trenches and get it done. So no, those those two things do concern me. And yeah, that bullpen definitely made me side eye them. You know what? I mean, I understand. I understand. I definitely understand your concern. But I, I know for me, you know, when you talk about think about certain things and how this team has has done this year, right? I know that was a big series. I know that was, they should have gotten that series. They could have swept the series, you know, if you if you kind of look, you know, hindsight 2020, sure. looking at certain um, situations that they were mm-hmm. in and how close they were. But I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I can't make myself too concerned because I know what AJ Mitchell has been doing um, primarily this season, and he's been pretty doggone solid. And I know what Kenley Jansen, like you said, I know he's up there in the blown saves category, but, you know, he's come up big in, in moments when the Braves needed him um, throughout the season. But like you said, when you're talking about a relief pitcher, 
these yeah. guys are going to go through those moments, right? Go through these moments. And I think that you, Brian Snicker is a guy that's going to stick with those guys when the, those moments come up in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know what? I'm okay with that because, you know, you have a guy just in case things get too out of whack from a, a, a save standpoint in Rocio Iglesias. Mm-hmm. I, I like what I've seen when when he's come into the, into the fray. And you know if you have a, you have an option, right? You know you can go to church. You can go to church whenever you want to uh, with Rasiel Iglesias. Um, if the things get too crazy, but uh, overall, I think I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So it's like every time I get excited, then I'm, I'm making yeah. Like no, yeah, that's then, I'm like then I'm triggered. So, but, but no, I agree with you. I, that's why I said I'm a little worried, but I, right. I don't want to get. I'm, I'm definitely not panicked. Definitely right. not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Braves are a long way from panic. It's just would have been nice, like you said. You get right there. You could have won the series, and you could have actually swept the series. Would have been right. nice to have pulled that off. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when you think about, you know, other things that, that came out of this series as well, Ronald Acuna did not play in back-to-back games. Um, Braves are off tonight as well, so that's about three consecutive days of rest. We'll talk about the level of concern there, but first, T, tell the folks about what's going on at betonline.net. Well, everybody, we are T minus five days away from the season opener for Georgia. You know, they're taking on Oregon in the Chick-fil-A challenge. And Dan Lanning returns. Line, I know, right, the return of Dan Lanning. And the line is seven. Whatever that means. Right, whatever that means. But what you guys are interested in knowing about is what it means for them to have be the 17-point favorite for this game, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to see if that line moves or how that line moves this week, you need to check it out on betonline.net because that's your resource for scores and all sorts of info to make you put you in position to bet the right way. Now, that can be for college football, that can be for the NFL, NBA, MLB, but also you look at those niche sports like MMA or golf, you can get information there as well. And what I like is the fact that they have podcasts for those of us who might be beginners in the whole betting space. They'll give you all the information, all the tools and tips that you need so that you can bet accordingly. So again, after you take a listen, and a look at ATL Day 1's your next stop should be betonline.net. You can definitely get to them on your laptop or even on your mobile device. Again, that is betonline.net because that is where the game starts. Yes, indeed. And where the game did not start for uh, Ronald Acuna over the weekend because, like, you played in the game Friday. You, was, you saw a little bit of issues there on Friday evening. And then Saturday and Sunday, they did they, they sat him, gave him some rest. And I think one of the things that, you know, when you think, talk about, you know, listen to Ronald Acuna uh, speaking through an interpreter after the, you know, after those games, during the interview, he talked about how he had intense pain over the past couple of days. Yeah. Now, that could be very alarming because, you know, when, you know, a lot was made about the, you know, the process in which the Braves kind of sped him up a little bit and he came back before. Uh, a little bit before they had originally planned, because he he was doing so well um, to start start off the um, start off when he came back, but I think that the 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 thing about you know with those ACL injuries, you know, you talk about the year, you know, coming back after that year date, and you just really don't a guy like Ronald Cooney, you really don't expect him to kind of be normal. And, and, re, and when it comes from to a rehabilitation standpoint, mm-hmm. so it just this is the team doctors don't seem to be concerned, so I'm not necessarily concerned because this is all within this same that same time frame. But you know, 
I think just with him being such a great player, T, I think it's just a matter of you just really saying, okay, he's a really great player, so he's going to be great at doing rehab. So he should be ahead of everyone else in that category as well. And I don't think that's just that's a fair expectation. Yeah, it's not. And it's a tough thing because it makes me a little bit concerned in the fact that Brian Snicker said, hey, Acuna Jr. is just going to have to play through it. The pain is there. It's been there for a while. He's just going to have to play through through the season. And listen, we know Acuna Jr. is going to tough it out, and he'll do everything that he can to put the Braves back in position to make a serious run in the postseason. But when you hear that, it's really scary because you've also seen where when an individual comes back, when an athlete comes back too soon, and they're giving it all they've got, and the body's just not ready, that could put them in position to maybe aggravate that injury again or maybe sustain another one. So that's kind of where I'm right now, like, wow, you know, I hope that they're able to, in a metered way, kind of give him the space that he needs here and there. I understand what Snit's saying. I respect it and appreciate it. But I hope there are opportunities maybe in um, softer parts of their schedule where they're able to give him some time off. But what does encourage me is in the fact and I'm kind of sneaking ahead to our next question. So I'm just going to tell you right away because it's the positive from the uh, the weekend series, but also from the game last night is that you continue to see consistency at the plate from a Michael Harris II. So yes. at least where you're not getting it from Acuna Jr. maybe to the level that you want, A, you got Michael Harris II. To me, that was one of the most positives from this, most positive takeaways going four for four last night. And B, Ozzie Albies is starting a rehab assignment this week. Yes, no, that's that's the thing that you kind of keep, you know, keep, that's the positive, right? That's the thing that you kind of look for, like, all right, because we've been kind of hitting that, you know, Ozzy Albee's making his way back, and then now Mm -hmm. to get the confirmation that he's starting a rehab assignment, and though that's the type of bat you want back in this in this lineup, right? If you're going to have Ronald Cunha missing some time from here and there, so, and we know that Dansby has been stepping in at that leadoff spot with over the weekend um, with Ronald Cunha not being in there. You know, he's been playing clutch. I love mm-hmm. what I've been seeing from Travis Darno. Yes. Uh, people, <laughs> Travis like, man, don't forget about me. I can still play. Oh, you know, yeah. so he, cause it's oh, so yeah. many, you talk about the rookie so much with, you know, Vaughn Grissom and Michael Harris, like you mentioned, we can't, we can't forget about the guys that, you know, that were catalysts last year for yeah. for this for this World Series championship, World Series team. So, and I think these guys are still here. So, I think it's going to be a collective effort. You know, when and if um, Ronald Acuna misses some time, but I think that that's definitely a positive for sure. Mm-hmm. Another one, I, I think that when you think about what it is, you know, that you, that can have a positive takeaway is it, just just the 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 collective effort. Like I mentioned, is for bringing everybody coming together and saying, you know what, even though Ronald going to be out, you know, we still have to, you know, do our thing. And that's what you want to see from that pitching staff. You know, mm-hmm. those guys, you know, Jake Odorizzi had a, a yes. no-hitter going into the sixth inning. You yes. want to see him continue to do those things mm-hmm. like that because we know what time it is once that postseason comes around. That that um, that rotation is going to shrink, and more than likely he might be the odd man out. But you definitely want him to stick around and, and be pitching like that so you can have some long relief, you know, just in case that's needed uh, in the postseason. So I'm definitely kind of excited what – what we um what to ex- expect from the Braves going forward? Like I mentioned, they are out tonight, and they will be um, starting tomorrow against the Colorado Rockies at a, a, a beginning of a six six game homestand. Excuse me. And hey, these are these are the type of series that we talk about. T. 
they have to get a win. Yes, yes. And fortunately, the Mets lost last night. So at least that kind of levels things out to keep the Braves just three games back. But, you know, speaking of odd men out, we're going to talk on the other side about some guys who may potentially be odd men out come Tuesday at 4 p.m. We're going to break down and download on Falcons, Jaguars and talk to you guys a little bit about who we think made the cut and made the case to make the cut and maybe who will be the odd men out. We'll talk to you about it on the other side. This is ATL Day Ones. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra and that is Jarvis. And we are the dynamic duo that keeps you guys coming back to every platform where you download your podcast and giving us five-star reviews. But we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves and we're not going to get the big heads because we are still humble and appreciative for every single thing you do. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that makes me want (laughs) to So it kind of blows up the whole idea of a dynamic duo. Right. No, it's flying solo on me already, y'all. This is not a good way to start But you know what it is? What's great is when you guys come back despite, in spite of, and because of, all at the same time. ATL Day Ones, even on the Locked On Sports Network on YouTube, we appreciate you guys because you keep getting us closer and closer and closer to four thousand subscribers man that is utterly and completely amazing and you know what else i was going to say was amazing for me it was actually pretty exciting was watching that final preseason game for falcons jaguars i I like the fire i like the fire now i will admit my favorite part of the whole experience was uh, being introduced to coach liam smith at the podium post game the two-year-old took the show (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) yeah it was it was such a great moment but anywho it's always easier to have those types of moments after a win, regardless of if it's in preseason or not. So Jarvis, I'm excited about what I saw for the most part. How about you? What were some of the takeaways, even if there are some not so good takeaways, but what were some of the good takeaways for you from Saturday's game? Yeah, just overall, I think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the, 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 the narratives, the hot tech narratives, as uh, if I can use the Arthur Smith quote, that, that go around during this time of the year is that preseason don't matter. And I'm just sitting there watching the game and just watching how those guys, guys like um, Derek Tangelo and, and Nick Thurman and Quentin Bell out there just going cr- absolutely crazy out there trying to get, earn a roster spot. And that's yeah. cool to see. That's dope to see. As a guy who couldn't make it to the NFL or uh, who didn't smell a practice in the NFL, a guy who, you know, had – a workout to uh, try to go into the NFL. That is a dope thing to see guys like that knowing more good and well, like, hey, this is my chance. This is my shot to make this team, and I'm going to try to take full advantage of it. And to see it, I think it was just it was just super cool to see those guys out there just doing that absolute thing. I, I absolutely love that. It was it was just really dope to see. Yeah, and I, I did as well. I'm going to get back to. Uh, I'm going to get back to some of those like Tangelo in a minute, but I, so I want to hold that thought from you because I don't want to go too far ahead. But one of my positive takeaways, since we talked a little bit about defense, I want to talk about on offense, because when you get out there and you're kind of given a little bit more leeway in game three versus game two, and I'm talking Desmond Ritter, they're yes. throwing a little bit more at you. They're opening mm-hmm. up the playbook a little bit more and you have an interception. I really like the poise and yeah. The, the, yeah and I, I like the, the, the selective amnesia. 
Forget about that series. Get back out there and show us what you're worth. I think that that shows so much growth in just a short period of time. And that goes back to something you and I were talking about last week, where Arthur Smith knew he could go at him. He knew he could just tell Desmond Ritter straight, no chaser, what he wasn't doing wrong, what he was doing wrong, and a little bit of what he was doing well, but mostly getting ahead of him about, hey, this is what needs to be done. And then Desmond Ritter really receiving that message. And I feel like we saw a little bit of that produce itself in game three. So yeah, he was my guy where I was like, yeah, that's what you want to see in the individual who is fighting to show you that at some point this season, which most people expect that at some point this season, he may take over the reins as QB1. He showed you a little bit about what he could be if and when he's given that role. So when I and think he, about that, yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say like, that's, that's what we talked about, that thing where Arthur Smith talk about certain things transferring right from yes. what you see in practice and, and all that thing into the game and then that poise right because we were really impressed while we were out there and got a chance to speak to um and rookie many um rookie otas mm -hmm. when we got a chance to talk with uh desmond ritter we yes. were just like kind of like taking aback, like oh my god mm -hmm. this dude is just like answering each question boom 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 and and not he didn't sound like a rookie he almost sounded right. like a veteran you know, how he was just handling the media and how he was speaking to certain things when it comes to being a quarterback in the nfl when he's necessarily hasn't been the quarterback in the nfl just yet so right. <laughs> i think that those are the type of things that you like to see right like the impressions that you get from him you want to see those things carry over to the field and i think that you made an excellent point. Like, that's exactly what he did. Like, yeah, I may have messed up on the pick, but yeah, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to come back and, you know, get right and go on a 15 uh, play drive and yeah. take off nine minutes off the clock and get my defense a rest so they can come back out, start balling, and get me the ball back and, and try to go score again. I think that mm -hmm. it just, that's that type of stuff spreads like wildfire, just like negativity and all this and, and, and bad turnovers can spread like wildfire, mm -hmm. he turned it into a positive, And I think that it kind of carried itself throughout the entire game. It did. It really, really did. And I think, again, it was a sneak peek into what we could possibly see in the fall. Now, listen, the one thing you all never have to get a sneak peek into, because we tell you about it each and every day, and we get excited telling you about it each and every day, is Coffee AM. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, take me a little sip of this Coffee AM, because you know what I'm sipping on today? I'm going to go, you know, I had to go international on these folks, T. Okay. Sumatra black satin. Mm. It just sounds amazing, right? That's see how she, see how the, you see her reaction? Hmm. That's what I do every time I take a sip of coffee AM because, you know, the website, I'm going to tell you the website, then I'm going to continue to tell you why. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Go to the website right now and just stick around. I'm going to give you a nice little code. You can get your little change off. But God yeah. to finish talking about Sumatra black satin because it is something that, it just it gets my soul going in the morning, T, because, you know, mm -hmm. I get up early, I get my workout on, and then, you know, once I come back, I may be feeling a little bit of tired because, you know, I've been getting it in, doing my thing. You know what that picked me up? I'm going straight to my cabinet, and I'm going to go get coffee AM because it is the best small batch coffee roasted in the entire country, and they got everything that you need, whether it be coffee, you know, get tea, got the gift sets and everything and it's just they just have everything you need if you want to you know get your coffee on and if you don't like coffee you got some some good tea because tea mm -hmm. she be on the tea yes imagine that concept <laughs> <laughs> so all right now that you're ready now that you're ready to go buy and and you know get this coffee am i got a coupon code for you go to the coupon code box coffeeam.com backslash locked on 
and go ahead and put in the code locked on you're gonna get 15 percent off your first purchase of all coffee teas and gift sets coffeeam.com backslash locked on dropping the coupon code box locked on you're gonna get 15 percent off go there right after the show Yes, yes, yes. And we'll go from talking about what you can do with the code locked on to who might get locked up as in the 53 man roster tomorrow at four o'clock is the deadline for all NFL teams to trim their roster. And it's a tough one. This is going to be a tough one because now you're going literally from 80 to 53. And that last game, that game three was the final shot for some players to make the case to stay with the team. So Jarvis, give me maybe one guy on offense and maybe one guy on defense who you felt like in that final game, they made the case for themselves. I think that on offensively, I think it gotta be Frank Darby because I know that, you know, he's a guy that on special teams was flying down there, making a tackle on, you saw that yeah. as a guy who's a fringe guy, you have to be able to play special teams. You gotta take it seriously. And I think that he showed that and he caught a nice, beautiful deep ball thrown to him by Desmond Ritter. Um, he snatched that bad boy right out the air. He was able to beat man coverage. That's what you want to see from a wide receiver in the NFL. And he was able to do that. So I think that he made a solid case, you know, to 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 at least be in the conversations for like, OK, we drafted this guy. Um, we know that he's a fun guy to have on the team. We know mm -hmm. that. But we at the end of the day, you're here to play football. So we, and it was good to see him get some plays then. And then defensively, I got to go with Quinn Bell. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I know. I'm I notice I'm talking about guys playing special teams, you know, sure. not necessarily for you know starting on defense, but mm -hmm. he made a case. Like you go out there and block a punt, I think that you may you definitely make a case for you know you know being on this squad, and we yes. know. Your boy, Marquise is gonna is gonna make it's gonna it's gonna be pounding the table. Like I need yeah. Quentin and I need Frank if we're gonna be great. <laughs> so yes, those are guys that definitely those guys are definitely the guys that, that stood out for me. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and you know we love Marquise on this show, so I can yes. just imagine that he was so pleased, sort of like you know uh, Papa or or Uncle or whatever. Proud Papa. Where, <laughs> he did that. Now, you know, for me, it's interesting because I will agree, by the way, uh, on both of those choices. And I'll just add Kaderil Hodge to the mix yes, on offense. Yes. I really do think. And for me, Jarvis, it wasn't even just about game three. I think you'd agree that it was everything that we saw in camp and just the continued Overall, yeah. progress mm -hmm. through all three of those preseason games. I definitely believe he made the case for himself. Also, I would say going back to one of your calls earlier in terms of what you liked that you saw Saturday, I would say Derek Tangelo mm -hmm. definitely made a case for himself. And one of the reasons I think so as well, even if just by default, I believe, unfortunately, when we talk about making the cut, which we'll get into right now real quick, I don't think Marlon Davidson is necessarily going to get cut, Ooh. but I do think he's probably gonna be put mm. on that IR and yeah. that might be his Injury way settlement may be coming. There you go. <laughs> I don't yes, even have prime candidate. There you go. And that would give Derek Tangelo that opportunity to, to prove himself because they'll, they'll you know, potentially need one more guy. Uh, that said, who might actually get the cut? Who might actually be released tomorrow, in your opinion? Just maybe one guy. You know what? <sighs> I know. I know. Who you I, hear, <laughs> I think we all feel that. Anybody who's covered this beat, but go ahead. Oh, 
Jalen Mayfield. I, I gotta go ahead and say it, T. Okay. Yeah, Jalen Mayfield. I know you probably who I know got an idea who you probably think I was gonna about to say, but Jalen Mayfield is a guy and May, Marlon Davidson as well. I think that's a good candidate as well. But Jalen Mayfield, when you talk when you think about what you know the being able to move forward on this team and, and uh, admit to your mistakes, right? Arthur Smith admitted to his mistake of not playing his starters in the um, first year. He played his starters this year and admitted it as such. Like, yeah, that probably wasn't a good idea. Let me go. And I don't know how much they had an effect on us against the Eagles, but, you know, I will be playing my starters this year. Get it. Understand. The people who make mistakes, they admit to them and they learn from them. And you know what I'm saying? So I think that Jalen Mayfield, go and cut bait because at the end of the day, you brought in Elijah Wilkinson. You know who who came in and, and took the spot and earned it. You know we talked to him about that that mm -hmm. process, and I think he's done a, a solid job in the preseason. And Justin Schaefer, I think he looks solid. I think yes. there's promise yes. there. You yes. know, <laughs> there's some promise there. There's mm -hmm. something there at that left guard spot. And I think if you're going to talk about developing a left guard potentially for the future, Schaefer has more promise than Jalen Mayfield, and I'm okay with saying that. I don't. Whatever ever, anybody else says, I don't care. But I can sit up here and say that I'll trust Justin Schaefer from a progression standpoint versus Jalen Mayfield. I don't see Jalen Mayfield getting any better, you know, right now. So, yeah, Jalen Mayfield will be my cut. Probably won't happen because, yeah, for, for a lot of reasons. But, but I think that that's the guy that I'll feel that hasn't earned a, a roster spot. I can agree with that one. And, yeah, I called out Justin Schaefer a long time ago and said, yes, watch him. I do mm -hmm. believe it may be a project, but I believe it'll be a project that'll pay off, pay dividends in the end. Because, unfortunately for him, he had to get shifted a lot when he was right. playing for So maybe he didn't get that opportunity to maybe become uh, a master of one as opposed to a jack of all trades, right? Yes, but given yeah. the right opportunity to become that master, he could be that guy. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, don't know if he will get the cut but maybe he should get the cut in a Jalen Mayfield. Yes. Uh, yeah, so no, I, I absolutely uh, agree with you on on that one. And I'll, you know, I'll be honest, as tough as this one is, I thought you were going to say Kadri Allison. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. And and, and that's yeah. the reason I said <laughs> that's a good one to hear. <laughs> All the waiting, waiting, waiting. But when you talk about maybe 100, I believe it was something crazy like, Either 158 touches or 158 yards. Forgive me for remember for mm -hmm. forget. Either way, that's not a good look because right. if a if a running back is supposed to get even if it's running back by committee and you're supposed to get 15 to 20 touches at this point in your career, it shouldn't be 158 touches. That's what it was. That's that that I can remember. Right. But it sure shouldn't be 158 yards. So that's the person where I would not be shocked if he does not make the cut tomorrow. But Speaking of that, when we talk about guys who can't make the cut, we just don't understand why they can't make the cut in the SEC. But we'll talk about it on the other side in For the Culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. We want to thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. You guys have been rocking with us on YouTube and on all the audio platforms. We ask that you continue to do so because we are almost over 3,400 subscribers well on our way to 4,000. We appreciate you guys. If you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button and that like button as well. We appreciate that instantaneous feedback. 
Yeah, you like that word, don't you? But um, <laughs> wherever you download your podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review. We'll really appreciate that as well. But, T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, the culture, and entertainment. You know, sometimes whatever we want to talk about. That's because that's how we get down on this particular show. Now, um, today is no different because we all know about Sylvester Croom. Well, you may not know about Sylvester Croom. I'm not going to make that assumption. You know, he was the... Uh, black head coach who was hired uh, for Mississippi State um, in the SEC. And now we sit here, I think we're going into the third year where there's no black head coach in the SEC And they are the only power five conference that doesn't have any black head coaches in it. And, and I think that one of the things that, you know, it was an interesting article, you know, the article is in ESPN that it talked about, like, it was just interesting, like the situation that, you know, um, Sylvester Croom took over, right? They had won eight games in the past, um, the previous three years yes. when Sylvester Croom took, took took over. And he ended up going eight and five and it had a good season. Had, and that season mm-hmm. afterward, he had a bad season and he was out and never got a chance to get a head coaching job again. Mm-hmm. T, why is that the case? Yeah, and, and that to me, it kind of speaks to Uh, something that is a little bit more, how do I say, something that's a bigger issue than just the SEC, but we'll talk about it in terms of the SEC. Somebody said something to me this morning that I thought was very interesting, Jarvis, and I think it kind of speaks to what's happening in the SEC, right? Right. So we were Mm -hmm. talking, there was a a documentary or just like a feature story on Marcus Freeman and talking about the fact that he's just taken over at Notre Dame and what a great opportunity. And I thought to myself, yeah, it'll be great, except if he doesn't win in that first year or two, how much of an opportunity will he really get? And right. that's where the challenge is either one of two things, either oftentimes that African-American coach is put in situations where he's not set up to succeed, right? He's going into a situation where it's a losing program that can't recruit, maybe similar to a Vanderbilt and a James Franklin, right? Right, Like, how are you ever going to do anything at Vanderbilt in the SEC? That's Mm -hmm. a very, very tall order. And I feel like sometimes that those opportunities aren't coming because, of course, you still do have to battle that good old boys network. Let's just be honest. So if that network says, hey, I'm in, then that network is going to pull up everyone in their network. So at some point, you've got to have someone who's in a power position maybe your commissioner or, you know, or your, your conference commissioner who says that we're going to make a concerted effort. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't necessarily say it has to be akin to the Rooney rule per se, but right. maybe something in that direction where you start actually acknowledging that it's an issue, kind of taking accountability for it and then seeing how can you write that. And that could be something like this, Jarvis, the opportunities like we see with Marquise Williams. Okay. I'm going to go to the NFL, how he was in a, basically a fellows program or our guy, Harry Douglas. That's how you start individuals who are interested in going up the coaching tree and getting onto somebody's coaching tree. Makes perfect sense. Harry played under Arthur Smith. Why wouldn't he come and start his coaching career if that's where he intends to go why wouldn't he come and start that here he also played for the falcons perfect place for him to start i am sure there are some former sec standouts who are very interested in getting coaching opportunities that would be willing to start off as the running backs coach or 
or the special teams coach and then moving up until they're the coordinator and then they become the assistant coach and then are groomed for head coach. But somebody somewhere within the SEC has got to acknowledge that it's a challenge because right. you're the only one out of the power five that doesn't have an African-American head coach, haven't had one in three years, and we could probably count on one hand without all fingers how many there, there were between Sylvester Croom and that African-American yeah. coach. Yeah. And yeah. that's Herein lies that's that's an institutional issue that somehow the SEC will, will need to address. Yeah, and and it is good that the the coach who has dominated is uh, in the SEC for the past what however long Nick Saban touched down in Alabama, you know. And when you think about you know what he's been able to do and and bringing his assistance and kind of like he's like the rehab facility for former head coaches who get fired right you know and, and mike loxley was a guy that was able to take advantage of that right he got fired from new mexico he went up to maryland to be the oc mm -hmm. came down you know under under lane kiffin and, and and worked as an analyst and and thankfully loxley you know had made enough money as a head coach and a coordinator where he can take that position to kind of take a step back and kind of breathe and kind of look at um, reassess things. Yeah. He ended up going to go get the head coaching job at Maryland. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that we really don't see as well, right? Like, right. yeah, the guys get a, may get an opportunity and it may be a dumpster fire mm -hmm. and they end up getting fired and they never get a chance to get it again. That's what happened to Kroon. Yeah. That's yeah. what, you know, essentially, you know, what, um, 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 oh my God, the guy that got hired from uh, Strong, who was at, mm -hmm. Charlie Strong, who was at Charlie Texas. Strong, yes. Yeah, yes. so he's kind of kind of bounced around ever since he get um, mm -hmm. getting fired from Texas. So those are the type of things that you want to see, yeah. you know, though uh, a guy like Nick Saban standing up, not only standing up and speaking out, but, you mm -hmm. know, giving guys, those minorities, coaches, those opportunities once they get, if they do get fired, so they can be in line to get another job. And I think the Minority Coaches Association is a good start. Mike yeah. Loxley is a part of that as well. And Marcus Freeman, like you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. he's part of that also. So I think that those are some of the things that can be put in place, not to just mm -hmm. you know talk about the issue, but yes. have things in place to be able to do something about it. And I think that was one of the things that um, Kroon said in the article that I thought that was, kind of, that was profound. Like, right, we could talk yeah. about the issues all day, but sure. what are we actually going to do about it? It, it, and that, that's why I pointed to some of those initiatives that the NFL has put in place. We even know yes. about a forum that comes here to Atlanta every year where you're talking about some of your power players, if you will, and some who are former power players because uh, Coach Caldwell comes here just about every year, uh, yes. former head coach for the Colts, and participates in that particular symposium. So, yeah, having those initiatives in place, it makes a difference because then you can get those minority coaches in front of the power players who maybe for whatever reason, they just weren't you know, in the space to influence them. But once they're put in that space, they can make an impression. And then like you said, if they don't make an impression that first go round that puts them in position to keep a head coaching gig and they get terminated, right. then let's see them get second chances like others. Yes, indeed. And like I said, you know, I'm not looking for a handout, but give the guys who are in, in those space has the experience. And a lot of times you're talking about guys who played in the NFL as well. Like a lot of times that gives you like a free pass right for a job. And, you know, we're talking about Terrell Buckley. You know, mm -hmm. he's thankfully, he you know, he was at Ole Miss as a, a position coach, you yes. know, for quite some time and was able to, you know, be successful there mm -hmm. and, you know, got passed over for a defense coordinator spot. Now he has the opportunity to be a head coach in the XFL. So mm -hmm. those are the type of things that – if you're not getting it where you are, 
you know, if you do get that opportunity, may have to take a chance. And I think that he's absolutely taking advantage of that. But taking a chance, a chance that shouldn't be taken, T, is uh, <clears throat> taking the alligator to a splash pad. Because I know my, I take my babies, you know, sometime from time to time to a little splash pad. That's most times where you take your little kids to. If you're not really not really trying to get them to into the pool and all that stuff, but you want to just get them out, get them wet, you know, have a little fun. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I'm just gonna call him Sir. This Sir <clears throat> decided to bring an alligator to a splash pad. Now it is a comfort animal, you know. He's dealing with cancer and everything like that, you know. So he has he has a, a comfort pet, you know, legally a comfort pet. So he had the alligator with him uh, where most of the places where he goes, but T, like you can find another place outside of a splash pad to take take your alligator. Right, I'm like his the alligator's natural spat, splash pad is a swamp. Yes, okay, that's <laughs> where you want to take the alligator. Yes. Take him to familiar places. Natural splash pad. You don't so want to make him hungry by going by take him around kids. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, he was probably looking at this like this is hunting season. Ooh, all of a sudden got hungry for some yes. reason. That, it was and, and to see the picture of it. I mean, it was scary. The you know, it, it was being walked like it was a dog, and I'm oh, thinking gosh. to myself, like, no, there is a kid a couple feet away from you. So whoever thought that was a good idea, whatever adult thought that was a good idea, mm, not so much, not so much. But you know what is a good idea for you guys to always come and check us out at ATL Day One's your first stop always and every day on Locked On Sports Atlanta Network. But after you stop by this show, make sure you check out Hitting Heart with John Chuckery because that is always loads of fun. So again, you guys, we appreciate you. Make sure that you make good choices when it comes to where you take your interesting and different kind of pets. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?